Welcome to the network. My name is Michael Prejean. I am your host. I don't know if I'm esteemed, but I'm a host. The network is our attempt at creating a modern podcast version of the Negro Motorist Green Book. Every episode is designed to help you in one of four ways, or maybe all four ways, physically, mentally, spiritually, and financially. We want to help the health of Black people living in traveling through America. Today's guest is sociology professor or professor of sociology. I don't know which one is 100% correct, but today we got Professor Michael Ayers with us. Professor, how are you? I'm good. Blessed and highly favored. Good to be here. It's good to have you here. Okay, so today, I just, I'm going to just throw it out there, man. We're going to talk about Blacks in the Bible. Or did I say it correctly? Yes. That's okay. It. So we're going to talk about that. So before we get into that, um, tell us a little bit about sociology. And then from there, bridge that and tell us how you got into studying the Bible. Okay. Um, first up, explanation of what sociology is. Sociology is a social science, all right? We pay attention to what's happening in society. It, and, and we do it from, a, from a, uh, a scientific approach. So it's the scientific study of the social structure, which means we look at recurring patterns of relationships and behaviors that we deal with every day uh, between people, two or more groups, a group, and a person. So sociology is concerned with people and the groups they form and how these groups behave. So through that, we discover that there are institutions in the society. One of those institutions is the institution of religion. Okay. So with that being said, sociology studies the behavior of what did I just say? Between people and mm -hmm. the institution, religion, mm -hmm. uh, and how these religious groups form and or how these people integrate into that religion. Okay. Okay. Right. I got you. I and because you. we, and because we look at recurring patterns of that behavior, we utilize history. Ah, uh, okay. okay. Just like when I go to the doctor, they ask me for my medical history. There you go. So they can figure out what's going on in the current moment. There you got it. You got okay. it. Okay. You broke that down excellently, brother. Right. Not bad, not bad. Okay, so if I want to find you, because we're getting ready to to drop some some knowledge in here, or the new the new tech uh, the new term is gems. So I know you're gonna drop some gems. So if people wanted to connect with you after this, where can they find you? Okay, two two places. You can reach me at Vanguard. Resurrection School at yahoo.com. Okay. 
Okay. Or you can go find me on Facebook, the Vanguard Resurrection School. All right. Y'all got that? Vanguard Resurrection School at yahoo.com or on Facebook, the Vanguard Resurrection School. Right. Got it. Got it. Uh, where do we want to go from here? So the second thing is, um, how did you, you know, cause we've talked before and you mentioned that you dabbled in, you know, in biblical studies. Well, I know that you've been doing this for, for 29 years. So that, that's a little bit more than a dabble. So tell me what, what, what started this? What's the genesis of this biblical study? Okay. You, you know how, you know how ministers and other people say that they had a calling? Mm-hmm. Okay. I had a calling. I was actually laying on one of my uh, friend's couch. I was homeless at the time. And a voice said to me, study Abraham. I woke up. I thought it was one of my partners, but nobody was in the room. They were all shut up down the hall in their room. Nobody was loud. This was like by around 2 33 o'clock in the morning. And I guess because it had an impact on me, because I wasn't really the religious one or the one to actually be reading a whole lot at that time, it kind of freaked me out that that would, you know, be said to me study Abraham. So what I did was I got up off the couch. And I did have a Bible because I was brought up in the church. Okay. Um, I just started thumbing through the Bible. And I came up on the first time I saw Abraham. And I just started reading every scripture that talked about Abraham. Um, and the scripture that stood out was, um, let's see. What was the name of that scripture? Well, not, not the name of the scripture. Um, Genesis 15 and 13. This is, and this is what stood out to me. It says, and he said unto Abram. That was the first thing I said, okay, well, he said Abraham. But I kept reading some, for some reason. It yeah. said, and he said unto Abram. Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs and shall serve them and they shall afflict them 400 years. I had no idea what any of that meant other than maybe about 20, 30 minutes earlier, something got into my head that said, study Abraham. And now this particular scripture stuck with me and that might is what I would consider the beginning of this 29 30 year journey into black biblical studies how old were you when this happened Mike uh, mid 20s wow 20 maybe 20 Three, twenty-four, twenty-five, somewhere around in there. Okay, okay. So I know that you, 
your passion for the last 29 or 30 years has been researching the race of the people in the Bible and studying the prophecies related to them. You, you mentioned that that's a calling. So what I want to do right here is I want to give you room to go into that. Talk about that. Explain that to us um, because um, I know there's a lot there. So I, what I want to do right here is I just want to create an avenue for you to just kind of break that down a little bit and then explain that to us. Okay. Um, race. The Bible, as we know, does not use the terms black and white referring to groups of people. We, we know that. It, it talks about uh, groups of people from their ethnicity, their language, their culture, okay? Um, so, for instance, depending on which version of the Bible that you have, okay, and, that, and that's key for a lot of people, which version? You know, you be sitting in church and you hear somebody say, "Well, my Bible says there's nothing wrong with that." But if you have a if you have a Bible that has been deciphered out of the King James version, you have a mm -hmm. version of the Bible because the King James version was also deciphered from a version, the Gutenberg Bible, and the Gutenberg okay. Bible came directly from probably may, maybe not directly, but from the Roman Catholic Church's uh, collection of scriptures, okay? All right, so depending on which version of the Bible you have, there's three, three words, and these words are synonyms, words that are spelled different but mean the same thing. So those three words, depending on which version you have, you okay. have the words Ethiopia, uh -huh. which is a Greek word. It means burnt faces. Okay. Okay. You have the word Cush, C-U-S-H or K-U-S-H. It is a Hebrew word, and its meaning is black. And then you have the word Sudan or Sudan. Sudan or Sudan or Sudan is a French Arabic word that means land of the blacks. Okay? Okay. So let me pull up something here right quick. If, and while um, you're pulling that up, Ethiopia, Kush, Sudan, three words from three different backgrounds that all mean the same thing. All mean the same thing. Okay. All right. They're, they're synonyms. Okay. So when you go and look at, when you, depending, like I said, depending on which version you have, when you look at a scripture in your Bible, for instance, scripture, let's talk about, Song, Song of Solomon. Solomon. Okay, I'm gonna pull it up on my phone. All right. So go to Song of Solomon one and five. 
Okay. Okay. All right. So Song of Solomon 1 and 5. And the King James Version says, I am black, but comely. Okay. Okay. O ye daughters of Jerusalem. Now, depending on which version you have, now, Mike, are you able to pull up different versions? I can pull up different versions. Okay. Depending on which version you pull up, it's going to say something different. For instance, like in the Common English Bible, it'll says it'll say, "Dark am I, and lovely." Okay, so synonyms uh-huh. are words and can also be phrases that mean the same thing. Okay. If you were to look okay. that same scripture up uh, in the uh, easy to read version, there's actually a Bible that, that is called the easy to read version of the Bible. It will say, daughters of Jerusalem, I am dark and beautiful, as black as the tents of Kadar. Okay. okay. So now within that one, and what actually with all with all those that we just read, there's another word in there that means black, and that's the word Kadar. You okay. have a group of people in the Bible referred to as Kadarites or Kedarites. Okay. Kadar is an offspring of Midian, the Midianites. Midian is an offspring of Ishmael. Ishmaelites. Ishmael is actually the firstborn son, firstborn child of Of Abraham. Abraham. Okay. I told you the calling was to study who? Abraham. Abraham. All right. Okay. Okay. Now we we moving. The train the train left the station. <laughs> so that firstborn child was not the first, was not the promised child that God made to Abraham and Sarah. Okay. Now okay. this 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 might be a bit of a stretch, but you get but hear me out. Okay. Abraham was born in a region in the Bible known as Babylon, the Babylonians, okay? When we read and study Smith's Bible Dictionary, Smith's Bible Dictionary explains Babylon as such. Babylon was peopled with many Cushite tribes, okay? Gotcha. Now here, here, okay. Now remember, I just told you, Cush means what? Black. Black. All right. In, in, and again, in somebody else's Bible, their word, where Cush could be or should be, might say Ethiopia, or it might say Sudan. Okay, right. depending on the version. Depending on the version. Okay. So, okay. Further, further looking at Abraham, Abraham, Abraham's father was a descendant, or uh, 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 of the Chaldees. Abraham mm-hmm. is from Ur. You are of 
the Chaldees. Yes. So when I go and look up Chaldees or Chaldeans, Smith's Bible Dictionary again says it was just one of many Cushite tribes that peopled the land of Babylon. Okay. Okay. Now, this region of Ur and the Chaldees is in what we know today as Iraq, specifically in between the Tigris and Euphrates rivers, which we learned in history class, is known as Mesopotamia, Uh the land between two rivers. Uh-huh, uh-huh. This land between two rivers is also given the distinction of being the cradle. Garden. Hold oh, up. Okay, go, go. Keep the cradle going. Me... of civilization. Yes. Okay, now. Enjoying this episode so far? Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, Google, Breaker, Radio Public, or Pocket Casts. Now back to the show. Let, let's let's pick up on the garden. When you look at in the book of Genesis um, 2, and th- 2 and 13, those scriptures, right mm-hmm. around in there, it talks about the Garden of Eden. Depending on which version you have, you're going to get one of three words. For instance, in Genesis 2 and 13, it'll say the name of the second river is Gahan, G-I-H-O-N. It winds through the entire land of Cush. Okay? Now, we've already uh-huh. established that Babylon is was peopled by various, numerous, many Cushite tribes. So uh-huh. it could be called Cush. Yes. All right. If you look at another version, it'll say the second river is Gahan. This is the one that winds throughout Sudan, land of the blacks. We know Sudan to actually be a nation in Africa. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're reading the King James Version, that's the same scripture, two and thir- Genesis 2 and 13 will read, and the second river is Gahan, the same is it that composites, meaning surrounds the whole land of Ethiopia. Okay. faced peoples. Okay, okay. Gahan is literally the Nile River. And it stretches all the way in this. And when you look at the other scriptures in that in that Genesis 2 and 13 plot, it uh-huh. actually talks about the Tigris, meaning the Heidekel, and the Euphrates rivers. Mm-hmm. And remember, those could also be considered lands of Cush. Cush yes. being yes. one of the sons of Ham, of, of the Shem, Ham, Japheth, Blood story of yes, these yes. three was the whole earth repopulated or overpopulated. I hope I didn't lose nobody. Okay. So 
right here. We're going to pause right here. So if you're listening to the audio podcast or if you're watching by YouTube, go ahead and, and, and rewind, right? Go ahead and scrub backwards, okay? Or go ahead and tap that screen a couple of times. Let it take you back because um, maybe you didn't have a pen or a pencil before we started. I should have told y'all that to get a pen, pencil, <laughs> and, and some paper so you can take some notes. So this is a perfect opportunity for you to go ahead and pause right here scrub back, you know, re-listen to some of those things just in case you didn't get it. All right. And then while you're paused, go ahead, like, subscribe. If you're listening to Apple Podcasts, um, go ahead and give us five stars, share it with a friend, everything you're doing. Definitely appreciate it. My name is Michael Prejean. I'm here with professor of sociology, Michael Ayers. He is also... a dabbler, <laughs> a dabbler in biblical studies as they, as it regards to Kushite people. How's that? All right. All right. All right. Keep All right. going. Keep going. Okay. What I, what I want to do now, Mike, is, ex, is go back to sociology. Okay. I just, I just, I just gave the people some facts okay so what i want to do now is i want to go back to sociology and let's look at or let's understand this about society society is made up of no matter where you are society is made up of a dominant group and a minority when we say the term minority in sociology we mean that group that has less control over their own lives because the dominant group has all the power to control everybody else, even if everybody else resists. Okay. That is a dominant group. Okay. Every dominant group has a plan to stay in control, to stay in power. And that plan, we refer to it as an ideology. Okay. Okay. So here is the definition of the dominant ideology. It is a set of cultural beliefs and practices that helps to one, maintain powerful social, economic, and political interests. Okay. Number two, it helps the most powerful groups and institutions. Religion is an institution in a Mm -hmm. society, be able to maintain control of wealth and property. And then here's the third one. If these aren't, if the first two aren't clear enough, here's the third one. The dominant ideology is a set of cultural beliefs and practices that helps to control the means of producing beliefs about reality through religion, education, and the media. Okay. Okay. That is the dominant ideology. Okay. Now, now for the, for the sake of our listeners and people who may be watching, where do those definitions come from? They come straight out of sociology 1301. That's the introductory level of sociology. Okay. Okay. Good. 
good. Keep going. All right. Now, this is what I want everybody to, 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 to understand. The dominant group, their thinking. How do I how do we know it's their thinking? Because the dominant ideology is a set of cultural beliefs and practices. They try to control what you think is real through your religion. How did black people come to practice Christianity? Was it was it through evangelism in Africa? No. Nah. Christianity, the knowledge of Christianity was about this much in West Africa, which is where the majority of black people were taken in the slave trade. Mm -hmm. But in in Europe, Christianity was the dominant religion. Mm -hmm. So the people that came through and, and y'all listen to me because it might give me some time. I'm going to hit all of this again in the Bible. Okay. The, the, your, those Europeans that came through and enslaved those four countries, those were Europeans. They were all Christian uh, nations. Okay. They took the people, brought them over here, and assimilated them. Here's something that people don't understand about assimilation. You don't assimilate into the dominant group. The dominant group assimilates you. That's One good. of the things that were promised to African slaves was that if you drop your religion and practice ours, this life would be better for you. This is how our great-great-grandmas and grandpas started practicing Christianity. And because it was used as a survival technique, it was taught to their children. Then their children taught it to their children and their children and, 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 and uh, on and on and on. And now black people in America are the most religious group in America. And the number one religion that we practice is Christianity. Can I say this without scaring or offending any of my brothers and sisters? I mean, you. I'm going to tell you right now, go ahead and say it. You know, it's I, not ours. The religion of Christianity, as the Europeans practice it, is not the teachings of Yeshua, the Messiah, in the land that we now call Israel. They took it corrupted it and used it to enslave. They used it to assimilate a group of people. Mental, okay? Psychological, yes. right? And I, let me let me say this. I don't think anybody should be, it doesn't matter what I think, um, but I, let me say this. Let me say this in support of your statement. Um, People historically have used many a thing to manipulate people. So the, the thought, the concept that a group of people would use religion 
to manipulate to... people is not an uncommon idea, nor is, nor... It, nor is it a novel concept. So I don't think it's offensive because of those reasons. It's not new. All right. You know, corrupting a thing, using information and corrupting it to manipulate a people is not a new thing. People do it every day. Let me say every that. Day. People do that every day. Every day. All right. So so in theology, with that being said, Mike, in theology, I mean in uh in religion, it is we 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 in sociology, religion is a form of social control. Okay, it's used to control people. Now, here's what you got to understand. Religious segments like contemporary Christianity uh, reinforces traditional patterns of subordinate behavior. In other words, the dominant group has taken religion to ensure that the slave stays, have y'all have you ever heard of a white supremacist that say this? Stay in your place. Mm-hmm. Religion is used to keep slaves in their place. Now, with that being said, you got a lot of black people like myself that used to not believe we were still enslaved. Okay. But we are now. Okay. We, we were in chattel slavery, which meant we were someone's property. How do uh-huh. we know we were someone's uh-huh. property? Look at your last name and do the research on your last name if you're black. Nine uh-huh. times out of 10, emphasis emphasis on the 10th on the part, on the nine parts, your last name is not indicative of where you came from. It is a label. Matter of fact, the, the Bible puts it as this. It is a curse upon you so that you, so that we will not psychologically forget who we belong to. I belong, I belong to Master Ayers. Master Ayers. Huh? On the deep wall. You're on the deep end. You yeah. know how they had a little floaties in the pool? And you know if you can't swim, you don't go down there? So I'm just saying, if you know you can't swim, don't go down there. Don't go down there. Don't go down there. Keep going. Keep going. We're in deep water. All right. And so Ayers is from the English. Okay. Mm-hmm. If your last, I'm going to pick on you, Mike. If your last name is Prejean, your slave masters came from France. Yeah. Okay. And you might have, and your people might have got here through way of Santo Domingo, which we now call Haiti, mm-hmm. right? So you might have came over from, you know, your ancestors might have came over from one of those farms and brought into America, mm-hmm. right? Just do the research on your last name. Now, if your last name is Chukwu, we ain't talking about you. You, you that's straight, that's straight <laughs> from the motherland, right? To, yeah. to, all, to all my Nigerian brothers and sisters, all right? I, I, I know who you are too. Okay. Niger. Yeah. So so if your if your last name is Ayers or Prejean or Johnson or Smith, can you do some research? It, it's gonna go, it's gonna go back, it's gonna go back to the north. All right. It ain't gonna come from down south. Yeah. Right? yeah. 
So your name was left, the European name was left upon us as a curse. That, that's a scripture in the Bible. Forgive me, I can't think of the, 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 the scripture name. All right. Uh, but here, here's what I wanted to talk about, power. Okay. We once were chattel slaves. We knew we belonged because we had slaves. Now we're in psychological slavery. Okay. 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 Now, that term power, for sociology, the ability to force others to do what is wanted, even if they resist. Who did I say assimilate to? The dominant the group. The dominant group. Assimilates who they want. All right, so how will they assimilate you? How will they impose this power on you? They'll do it through three ways, force, influence, and legitimacy, okay? Force, you look at physically. We've been through Mm -hmm. the physical force. We were physically made to be slaves. All right, now we're in the second part of force, which is psychological coercion. Okay. The dominant ideology to control your reality about your beliefs, what you believe, they'll use religion, your education, and the media. Media meaning internet, books, pictures, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Education. Mm -hmm. You and I were blessed to be educated in, 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 in HBCUs, historically black colleges and universities. We do things differently in HBCUs than we would at LSU or Texas A&M or the University of Texas or at Baylor. We're going to learn things a little different. All right? Our degrees way different. We We have to work extra hard to prove our intellect and that we have actually been assimilated coming from HBCUs than a person that looks like us coming out of LSU or Texas A&M. They're going to have a more European, Eurocentric way of thinking than most Mm -hmm, of us, mm -hmm. okay? Psychologically coerced into believing a myriad of things that just aren't true. For instance, our skin color is a curse from God. That is a false narrative. All you have to do is throw off the psychological coercion, go back and read, God created the man out of God's Mm -hmm. likeness and image, and the first thing he used to to create man was dirt. Yeah. Some scriptures will say the dust of the earth. The dust of the earth. Which is dirt. Yeah. Okay? Particles out of the universe. We hold, are made hold on up one of- second. Hold on one second. My dog is, I don't know if you can hear him back here. Gabe, let, let him out so he can. <laughs> Who let the dogs out? <laughs> Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He been at that door trying to get out for a minute. Right. All right. Go ahead, Big Mike. Sorry about that. That's all right. So, so in, in the book of Genesis, if we throw off our psychological coercion of education, which is the, mm-hmm. which, which our definition of education is the training of the mind to think. All right. So we've been trained to think in a Eurocentric or white supremacist view. 
meaning that everything white is right. But if you throw mm-hmm. that off and you read the scripture again, the first man was created from the dust of the earth, the mud of the earth. And mm-hmm. if you look in your biology books, human beings are made up of 75% water. So let me ask this question as you throw off the psychological coerciveness of white Eurocentric education. What do you get when you mix dirt and water? Mud. And what are you able to do with mud? You can make mud pies. Or or wet or wet <laughs> clay. What are you clay. able to do with it? What you can you make, make anything. You can make you anything can, out of clay. You can form something. All right. Yep. And we yep. see in the scripture it says the man was formed <laughs> yes. out of the dust of the earth. And this man was given a name. His name was Adam. Or in the Hebrew or the um uh yeah, and and, and, and yeah, Adam in, in Kush or in Hebrew, his name means red. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you keep reading, after God blew his breath into the into the man, into Adam, mm-hmm. this man became a living soul. Some some scriptures say a living being. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We call that living soul or living being, we call that a human. Mm-hmm. Okay. When you look at the word human, it's really two words, a compound word. The word hue and the word man. Okay, okay. That first word hue, if you are a artist, has to do with color. So when we say human, we're talking about the colored man. Okay. We're not. Okay. Don't be ashamed of that word because when we look in when we look in Merriam-Webster's dictionary, the word white means absence of color. Okay. So okay. God did not create a man absent of color. He created a human being, a living being. Okay. And then it goes on and says that God placed this man in the east end of God of, of Eden. Mike, you 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 jumped the gun a minute ago, but now we back to your to where okay. you were. Yeah, the we east back there. End of the Garden of Eden is in Mesopotamia, the land of Babylon, the land of the Chaldeans where the city of Ur is located, where Abraham grew up. And what do the people, how would we describe the people from that region? Smith's Bible Dictionary says that they were Cushites. Cushites. Hebrew word for black. Also, they could have been called Ethiopians. They could have been called Ethiopians. Or maybe... Sudan or Sudan, depending on which version of the Bible you have. Mike, you took us full circle right there. So let me ask this. Let me ask this. I know you have a lot more in there, but I remember when we first started talking about this probably about 20 years ago. (laughs) One of the questions I asked you was, okay, but why does that matter? Why does that matter? It matters because we've been coaxed 
into believing that we're nothing, black people. And in fact, we are the apple of his eye. God, Jehovah, Yahweh, the Almighty. He created the first human being in his image and likeness. Mm-hmm. And then bequeathed upon us his spirit, blue breath, and man became a living soul. And Yeshua Christ, Jesus, says that I have not, I've come to give you life more abundantly. Meaning that God had us here and placed us here to work. Mm-hmm. And we should find satisfaction in the work that we do. Yeshua says, man, I'm going to give you some more life. Yeah. Some more yeah. abundant. I want you to enjoy. And that might not be anybody else's interpretation, but that's mine. When I hear abundant life, I want you mm-hmm. to have good health. I want you to have prosperity. I want you to, if you want to have 18, 20 people, uh, children, I want you to have that. I want you to be able to take care of that. I want you to be, I want you to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. That's good. That's good. You know, I'm going to go here. There is, you know, these are for, I'm not, I'm not, I do not consider myself a biblical scholar. I know pieces, bits and pieces here and there, but there's a portion in the Bible that talks about line upon line, precept upon precept. So I wrote down what you just said about finding satisfaction in the work that you do, you know, so God put us here, you say it to work. Now, some people may be like, man, (laughs) but in a conversation I had with my older brother years ago, he enlightened me that the root word for work and worship are the same. Okay. So find satisfaction in the work you do, because the work that we do is, is worship. The work that we do is worship. So make sure that you enjoy what you're doing, find satisfaction in what you're doing because it's worship. That's good. That's that line upon line. That's that precept upon precept. Mike, touch this for me. Man, it's a lot. Touch this for me. Um, In your studies, so I know you've, you've been studying the race and you did a good job of breaking that down for us in, in, in a short amount of time. Cause I know we could probably go way deeper, but you also said you studied the prophecies related to them. Touch on that real quick. All right. Let me give you, let me give you, uh, let me give you a prophecy. Let me just see if I can get a good one. All right. Uh, I'm looking. Here's one. Ezekiel 30 and 5. Okay. Cush and Libya. Lydia and all Arabia and all the mingled people, Chub and the people of the covenant land will fall by the sword along with Egypt. 
That's in Ezekiel 30 mm-hmm. and 5. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's look, let's let's look at this. Cush, we've established, is Africa, the so-called Middle East, and what you probably didn't know, because it didn't say it, India. Okay. Okay. Right? And then it goes and says Libya. Where is Libya? That's a country in Africa. Ne- next door to what? What's to it's the right? Right next to Egypt. Next? Right next right? to Egypt. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so the, so Ezekiel thirty and five says that the land will fall by the sword along with Egypt. It mentions all of the land of Arabia and the people of the covenant land. Israel sits like atop of Arabia, Arabia, Saudi Arabia, Oman, Yemen. Man, if you, if, if, as, as I was saying earlier, if you, if you, if you break the chain of psychological coercion of Western European education, and you actually do a deep dive into Saudi Arabia you'll find out there are more dark-skinned people than there are light-skinned people. Man, listen, I'm watching the Olympics and I'm watching Qatar and I'm, a, yes. I'm being real. Yes. I was like, wait a minute. Wait a Qatar, minute. <laughs> Qatar full of brothers. That That was my exact response. I was like, I had no idea, man. I had no idea. Yep. Qatar, number of brothers. <laughs> yep. In in my that that's Americanizing it, right? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Keep exactly. Going. All right. So with this scripture, I see it as a prophecy that the whole land of Africa will be taken over. All right. So now I go back. Remember, I, remember I said earlier, sociology utilizes recurring patterns of this behavior. Which means mm-hmm. we got to go back where mm-hmm. in history. Let's let's compare that scripture with the scramble for Africa. Mm-hmm. That is when the Europeans, with their with, with the their Berlin dogs, conference. The, the Berlin, Berlin conference, conference with yeah. all of their white supremacist gall, got together and said, "Well, we can divide." Africa up. We can divide all of that up amongst us. And they descended into Africa, Middle East, and India colonizing. That's a mm-hmm. word we don't discuss much, colonizing. Mm-hmm. And it's basically where they went in, took over the people, raped the land. Some countries, some, some of the European nations stayed well over a hundred plus years, putting their laws, putting their influence, which is another form of power. And it has to do with techniques of coaxing people to get them to do what you want. They put all of that into Africa, the Middle East and India. And then they left and left and left the people after 1888, I think it was, left all of the people with with the mindset that they must be God. 
Yeah. Man, see how they came in here and changed our whole way of thinking? And then the people, the little chiefdoms that were left saying, man, y'all y'all fell for the okie doke. They were put in the minority and looked upon as being crazy. And so now when we read about Africa, when we want to hear witch doctors, you know, we point to the Africans and their, those Africans and their original ways of thinking on how to cure and how to heal the land. And we look yeah. at that as silly. And we still, we still talking about religion, Mike. Right, and religion right. has gotten in control of media or not gotten in control of media, but the media was used to help reinforce the belief that the white man is God and that God must be white and that Yeshua this guy named Jesus must be white. Yeah. Here's an interesting thing about the word Jesus. You know, the word J wasn't even invented yet in the English language until the late, early 15th century. Wow. And Jesus is over 2,000 years old. Yeah, yeah. Yeshua, yeah. the Messiah, is over 2,000 years old. Yeah. All right? That's good. That's good. So when I talk about taking off those psychological influences of Western Europeanized education, you also got to stop looking at their pictures. You got to do as uh, Elijah Muhammad, you know, in the movie, Malcolm X said, you got to learn to read between the lines when you're reading history and when you're reading scripture, uh, when you're looking at their movies. You know, Hollywood makes all the movies, and every time they make a movie, all of the Egyptians are always white. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, there's there's partial truth in that. The last two dynasties in Egypt, they call them the Hellenistic dynasties, they were white. Now, what does a devil do, Mike, other than so confusion? He also seeks to do what? Destroy. We ain't had no more dynasties coming out of Egypt after them last two. But prior to that, you had about 25, I mean, about 30, 38, 39, yeah. something like that. I forget the, I forget the number. <laughs> it's interesting. Very, and they were all black. And these are all black people, dark skin, some light skin. Hell, I mean, just, these was black people because that's, that's very, what very the region was made up of. You know? So that's, that's, why, stuff, you know, that's one of the reasons I, I look at Ezekiel 30 and 5 as a prophecy. Okay? If, and, and, and here again, uh, here's another one. Isaiah 45 and 14. This is what the Lord says. The wealth of Egypt and the merchandise of Cush and those tall Sabaeans they will come over to you and will be yours. They will trudge behind you, coming over to you in chains. They will bow down before you and plead with you, saying, surely God is with you and there is no other. There is no other God. Now, here's what Europeans did. They came talking about one God. Mm -hmm. But when you talk about Africa, you're talking about many different nations and tribes of people and their gods. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When Europeans came over, they didn't they didn't put the Europe on one boat 
and the Igbo on another one, the Ashanti on another boat. They put whoever they got their grubby little hands on and shoved us all in one boat. Yeah, yeah. These are different. These are different nations of people now. Got to got to come together, figure out each other's languages and their cultures and ways, and come to the realization: Hey, y'all, we on one boat. We are not mm-hmm. in a good position. When the when the when the when the lid was lifted off the boat and the people came off, you had a white man standing there with a Bible talking about one God, and he had a picture. And you got these brothers and sisters looking around. What what are they gonna think? Man, God must be with you. Yeah. You did all this. Yeah, yeah. This is a God move right here, because yeah. Yeah. they had been battling the different white men that were coming through. They had been battling, but when but when the Catholic Church got a hold, brought them together, and said, "Y'all can enslave these people." They all came up with the plan. They set up shop along the western coast of Africa and studied the people for about 35, 40 years before they started putting the shackles and taking them off. They they instituted war among the native people. They got them all discombobulated. They entered into lying contracts with the chieftains, promising them, promising them guns and uh, things of higher technology at the time to fight their enemy. And so the mm-hmm. real enemy was just sitting there waiting. And then That's they took all these people and put them in a, new, in, a, in a strange land and found themselves slaves. If you drop your religion, if you drop your ways, this life will be better for you. Okay. All right. Yeah. I see that whip that y'all using. I don't want none of that. I don't want my foot being chopped off to keep I ain't going nowhere. You I'm I'm yours. God God is with you. I'm I'm yours. I'm paraphrasing, of course, for dramatic yeah. <laughs> for, for dramatic effect, definitely. Man, but Mike, that is so we was back we, we was back on the other side of the floaties just for a second. Um yeah. But most people, I believe, I believe most black people here in the United States believe that the Bible, that prophecies in the Bible speak about us. Um, We just don't know. And, you know, and I include myself in this week. We just don't know how to piece it together. But for the last 29, 30 years, that's what you've been doing. And it started with study Abraham. Study Abraham. Study Abraham. Mike, that's good. We probably, we probably are going to have to bring you back for a part two. Seriously, seriously, because we was out there past the floaties. So I want to just kind of change gears just a little bit because we, you know, it's hot. Time to get out the pool. Mm-hmm. All right, come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. Come on, get out the pool. Y'all, come on, get out the pool. So, Mike, let me ask, <laughs> let me ask you this. All right. Is there anything that keeps you up at night? Uh, well, there's a lot that keeps me up at night, Mike. Um, 
I had two significant deaths two over two, you know, two years ago. The uncle that sent me on my on my path and my son, who who whom I must say was getting into this knowledge that I'm speaking, which was which was making me real proud. Right. Uh, the other thing that keeps me up at night is some of the devil's tricks. When, 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 as minorities in this country, we don't own anything. So, in my neighborhood, a section of the apartment complex that I'm living in was sold off. All, all the whole complex was sold off and sectioned off. And one of the sections, one of the owners decided to evict the people and bulldoze that property. I have no idea where all those people went to. That bothers me because gentrification is real in Houston and it's picking up steam. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that keeps me up at night. When, when will, when will they, when will gentrification, i.e. the devil come through my section? When is it going to affect one of my loved ones or do they understand gentrification? And a lot of them tell me they don't worry about that. That's what God took to deal with. You know, and I'm like, well, <laughs> you know, God did give us a brain and told us to use wisdom. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Is, is it his problem or is it our problem to solve? Yeah. Yeah. You know? So, you know, just stuff like that that keeps me up at night. Um, Let me ask our, you this. Go ahead, go ahead. Our general ignorance about our own history that, that we've come through, that bothers me. That keeps me up because we're, 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 we're like sheep being led to the slaughter mm-hmm. when it comes to certain things. And, and we think... And we think that we're being led into something good. I I will say this. I think there will be some skepticism. Um, Just like I was skeptical, you know, when, when you first had this conversation with me, right? Um, because it's not, uh, this conversation is not common, right? It's, I, I think I'm seeing it more and more places. I'm hearing it more and more places, um, but it's, it's, not, it's not a very common conversation. And then on top of that, um, man, psychological slavery is real. Psychological slavery is real. Um, trauma is real. Right. So we, the first episode in season two, when I, when I spoke to Dr. Brian Turner, one of the things we touched on was um, there is scientific proof that trauma can be passed on through generations, you know? So, so there's that, there's that part of psychological slavery you know, which now we're being presented with new information. The, the, the scales are falling off our eyes. And when you see something that you've never seen before, 
you don't really know what to do with it. So it's like in the Bible, when the manna fell, you know, they were like, what, what is it? What is this? What is this? Yeah. You know, so in a sense, I think that the the lack of knowledge that we have about our history as a people, I think those scales are finally starting to come off. You know, because we've had we've had some generations now teaching, right? We've had some generations teaching now. Um, But then as we come out of this trauma, you know, now we got people trying to heal. And at the same time, we're like, I'm trying to heal. But what is that? What is that over there? What what is that over there? Are you telling me that I'm created, you know, because we know the scripture. I'm created in his image and his likeness. Um, you know, uh, what's the other one I'm thinking about? Um, uh, he formed me in my in my mother's womb. There, there's another one I'm thinking about uh, that it, it's on the tip of my tongue. It won't come out. But like we know the scriptures. Yeah. We know them spiritually. Right. We know them. Uh, we know them church wise. Let me put it that way. But now, when we're starting to understand that we are the embodiment of that scripture, like, no, this is, this is really talking about me. That's different. That's different, you know, and I'm, you know. I'm on, I'm on the side of the slow people. Let me put it that way. You know, like, uh, yeah, yeah, some of us a little slow. You know, but we gotta we gotta speed it up a little bit. But I yeah. think you know, it's it's starting to really come into that belief that no, when I read this, you know, it actually it really pertains to me. You know, it really yeah. pertains to me. That's good yeah. stuff, Mike. Good stuff. Yeah, man. Hey, man. I'm glad. That, you yeah. know, I I was as I heard some ministers say, I'm just an instrument. I didn't ask. I didn't ask for it. Remember, I told you I was minding my own business two, three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> there, there it is. There it is. All right, Mike. Let's let's jump into recommended. I wanted to ask you another question. Uh, let me ask this. I, I gotta ask it. I can't. I don't want to skip past it. So you mentioned the two deaths in your family. You talked about your uncle and your son. Um, I am becoming a huge advocate for for mental health. Um, so I want to ask you. Um, what have you done um, or how have you grieved? What what have you done to, um, I, I don't, I can't think of the right words right now, but in your grieving process, um, what are some of the things that you have done that you think have been beneficial for you? I think the most beneficial thing for me is to allow myself to cry. That's good. Um, I also believe that the, the, because, because, you know, because of the pandemic, you know, we, I haven't taught in the classroom for a year and a half now, you know, it, it's allowed me time with myself for me to understand purpose and reasoning and I know mm-hmm. that I do now you're talking about you know grieving mm-hmm. understanding why my uncle 
was placed in my life the way he was, why my son was given to me and then taken, you know, I understand time. So we're, we're not all on the same time, uh, time frame. Mm-hmm. You know, my uncle, 70 years old, 70 plus, my son, 29 years. Now, here I am in between, you know, the both of them. I give birth to one, but came after the birth of another. Yeah. And received blessing from both. I'm still here. Now, what do I do with my time? Mm-hmm. I'm back at purpose. So my, my grieving has allowed me to focus on purpose. I'm here for a reason, just like they were here for reasons. That's good. Okay? So I mentioned earlier yes, that, that you were my second second recording today. And the young man that I recorded with this morning, 20 years old, said the exact same thing, you know, about wow. the pandemic, right? You know, because I asked him, you know, because he talked about some of his mental health, you know, and he talked about, um, you know, he was a collegiate athlete. He talked about giving up his sport and then that the the pandemic gave him time you know, mm-hmm. to find his purpose, you know, to kind of figure out who, you know, exactly who he is and find his purpose. So that's good. So those of y'all watching and listening, you know, make sure you're paying attention right there. Mike, thank you for sharing that, man. I appreciate that. No problem. No problem. All right. Let's do this. I want you to give me one book. If you got one book that you have read that you would recommend to our listeners, what would that one book be? Okay, well, since we've been talking about it, Naeem Akbar's Chain and Images of Psychological Slavery. Naeem Akbar. Chains and Images of Psychological Slavery by Dr. Naeem Akbar. Good. Okay. And he's he's got two books. One is called The The Chains and Images of Psychological Slavery. And then his second book, follow-up to that, is called Breaking the Chains of Psychological Slavery imagery and slavery okay okay that's good that's good now he also has some other books on here that he would recommend um i'm gonna run through them real quick medical apartheid by harriet washington any biology or sociology textbook as well as the bible okay so check those out all right michael professor ayers recommended music what are you listening to right now uh, gospel, old school R&B, old school hip hop, you know, there's a, yeah. a girl named uh, Tamala, Tamala Mann, mm-hmm. got a nice mm-hmm. one out that I listen to, I, I use it to go into prayer and worship, called Help, Help Me, okay. um, uh, Darius Brooks, you know, I listen, you know, listen to him, um, Kirk Franklin. <laughs> yeah. Like I say, my old school rap R&B, the X-Clan, heed the words of the brother. Yeah, you know? good stuff. Good stuff. That's good. I listen to You know, I brought up, you know, this, you know, that's the era I was brought up in. Yeah. yeah. That, that conscious, conscious music, R&B, love, love songs. I love, love songs, man. I love, love music. Love it. That's good. 
listen, most of us, man, are are promises of the eras that we grew up in. And we love, we are attached at the hip to the music that we grew up on, man. That's good stuff. I know you're not a big podcast listener, so that's going to bring us to the next segment, which is the lightning round. All right. All right. So we're going to go into this lightning round. Um, Now, for those of y'all at home, man, this is our third time recording this. (laughs) (laughs) So the first two times I I gave this brother the same question, but I'm not, I'm not going to do that this time. This time, man, I'm going to come with some different stuff. All right. Same question though. I always ask everybody this question. If you could have a superpower, what would it be and why? Oh man. Uh, my superpowers are to, to make every poor person rich. Okay. Okay. Why? Man, because poverty is hell. Being poor is hell. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, dude, woo. you know, I have never been poor, poor, but I've been poor. Yeah. Yeah. Right. There's some yeah. folks out there, man. Yeah. You know they they need they they need something they need some help and you know that that that's what I that's what I you know, if I had a superpower Mike that, that's what I would do. That's good, man. That's the one thing that we got to break, man. We we got to break this 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 cycle of poverty, this curse of poverty. All right, here we go. Next question. Describe the color yellow to a blind person. I would add. I, I, this color yellow. To a blind person, I would say, "Hey, if you could see, that's what yellow would be." Okay, okay. All this medical technology we got, man. Somebody gonna get that sight one day and be like, "Yellow." <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> All right. It, let me <laughs> let me get it it's, together. It's, a label. It's, a, it's just a label. So if you could see, that's what it would be. There it is. Oh man, let me let me get my life in order, man. All right, what was the last (laughs) gift you gave someone? Oh, um, a bag of candy, uh, killed ones. Okay. Uh, peanut brittle. Okay. 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 Uh, favorite movie ever. Oh my god, y'all gonna trip? Y'all gonna flip on me? Y'all gonna trip? Um, bad boys too. Okay, okay. I'm, don't ask me. Don't ask me. <laughs> bad boys too. I don't right. want to get into it. <laughs> <laughs> biggest pet peeve. What's your biggest pet peeve? Somebody lying on me. Oh man, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't All mind right. people telling lies, but can you not lie on me? Man, I, that, I definitely hear I'm that, selfish. man. Selfish that way, Mike. Man, I, listen, I hear you. I'll be like, listen, I see you over there, but keep me out of that. Man, keep me out of all of that. All right. Man, They're making a movie about your life, the life of Professor Ayers. Who's playing you in this movie? Oh, oh. Dude, I don't know. Uh, ain't nobody good looking as I am. Uh <laughs> I don't know, man. Give, give, throw me out somebody. I don't know. Uh, don't say Wesley Stipes, Mike. No, no. Give, I'm, I'm, give, uh, me, give me a, a light skin actor. Get, <laughs> see, there we go. 
There we go, man. There we go. Uh, I don't you know what I was thinking about, man. <laughs> Hey, hey, yo, listen, they, now they get into our friendship, Mike. Now they get into our friendship. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I forgot the next question. I forgot the Mike, next question. I told y'all we've been knowing each other over 20 years. We've been knowing each other 20 years. Wait, we didn't get an answer for that question. We didn't even get, a, <laughs> we didn't even get an answer for that question, man. man. If anybody's playing you, who's playing you? Uh, oh, no. I'm gonna tell you what I think about man. You know, big guy. I, I think he he has gone on to the ancestors. Uh, played in the Green Mile. I don't remember Michael his Clark name. Michael, Michael Clark, Clark Duncan. Duncan. Yeah, that's what I think about man. I, I think he. I'm, tall. yeah, I'm taller yeah. than he is yeah. though. Okay. But yeah, that'd, I, that'd be a good fit. Yeah, I think I think that'd be a good fit. All right. Um, Mike give me something on your bucket list. Oh, uh, Mike, I want to see some some crystal clear blue water. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know how I'm going to do that because I don't really, you know, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't, I'm not a big fan of hopping on boats and flying in airplanes for large amounts of time, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I done went as far as South Padre to see some aqua, some aqua green water, but yeah. not crystal yeah. clear yeah. blue water. So that's that's you, on my bucket list. That man, listen, that that's on my bucket list too. I I could live on the beach, man. Like I I don't I probably don't even ever have to get in the water, man. Just that peaceful, that's me. serene yeah. beach time. That's me, Mike. That's me. I ain't got to get right. in the water. My feet ain't got to get wet. Nothing. Just let me just let me hear that ocean. Let me see the waves crashing. That's it, that's man. Me. That's it. That's it. All right. Give me one food that you're never giving up no matter what. Ooh, I need, Mike, I need to give up uh, eating beef. But, I need to do that. But <laughs> beef ribs, hamburgers, OMG. Oh, I try, Mike. I try. And when I say I try, I give it a good shot. I went, I went about five or six years without eating beef. It just kept calling you, man. It just kept calling I mean, you. And, and literally, for five years, it kept calling me. <laughs> and just, just went out to dinner one night, give me a steak. <laughs> Fell off the wagon right there. Right, just quick, right there. Ain't, and look, ain't, ain't got back off. Ain't got back on. All right, man. Last question. Last question, and then we're going to go to you didn't ask. Have you ever tasted soap? Oh, yeah. I'm a boy, Mike. <laughs> what does soap taste soap. like? Man, well, I I tasted some. Uh, I think it was ivory soap. I don't know if you're old enough to remember yeah, ivory that, soap. Them white blocks of ivory soap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> leave so put, uh, just film I mean, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I put that in my mouth <laughs> as a little kid. <laughs> and it and it was some Irish Spring. You know, you remember that one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, you know. I, Irish Spring, that's every, you know, that's on the college soap list, you know, because you ain't really got a whole lot of money to so be like, you know what? Let me grab that Irish Spring right there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, Mike. We are down to the last segment. This segment is called You Didn't Ask. You Didn't this Ask. This is where nobody asked for this unsolicited advice, 
but you're gonna give it to them anyway. So what do you have for you didn't ask? Hey man, okay. In October, you need to change your battery out your car because the summer heat has wreaked havoc on the battery that you're using right now. I don't know what you're looking for, Mike. That's you didn't ask, but there it is, Mike. Listen, man, that's good. That that might be the most useful piece of advice that we've had so far. And this is, you know, I'm I'm we're coming up on about forty episodes now, but that was good, man. That was different. Listen, you didn't ask, but come October, don't change that battery in your car. Listen, everybody, this is the network. This is my attempt. This is our attempt at creating a modern podcast version of the Negro Motorist Green Book. With each interview, we are building a network of talented professionals that you can reach out and touch. Make sure that you reach out and touch Professor Ayers if you have any questions. All right. The Vanguard Resurrection School at Yahoo.com. On Facebook, you can find them at the Vanguard Resurrection School. Every episode is designed to edify you in one of four areas, physically, mentally, spiritually, and financially. We're looking out for the health of black people living in and traveling through America. Subscribe to the network. You never know. You might need it. Professor Ayers, thank you for your time, brother. I appreciate you. Thank you, Mike. God's blessings on you and your family.